women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. I'm delighted to be with you. I want to say hi to my friends in Andrew Gardens. Hope you're keeping well, safe. And my friends in our parents' home. Missing all you because each one of us is now, by God's will, in a very specific situation. Now, when we look at the Parsha, we always need to ask ourselves, what can it teach us? And the Parsha this week has many things in it, but we want to address the hero of the Parsha, who is really the hero of the end of last week's Parsha. But before we do that and learn what we can from this inspirational person, share the following. Today is the second day of what we call Bain Hamitzarim, the three weeks, the three weeks of mourning for the destruction of Jerusalem and the Holy Temple thousands of years ago. And every year we hope that we won't have to commemorate these three weeks as a time of semi-morning, national morning. At the end of the three weeks, the very last day is called Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, when we remember how not just the first, but the second as well, both of the Batei Mikdash, the holy temples, went up in flames. It's a time of introspection. It's a time we take very, very seriously. But it's a time of positivity. And our Rebbe has indicated to us how to be positive even at a time like this or especially at a time like this. So it's always from the difficulty that we actually gain or draw an incredible lesson and an impetus for building our lives. The Rebbe taught us that during this time, we should be studying the laws of the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. It's called Hilchot Beit HaBechira. The temple had to be built very specifically. We had a sanctuary in the desert, which was temporary, which was portable, which was put up and taken down, each time God told the people to travel or to encamp. And there was the second temple. Sorry, there was the first temple that Solomon built. The second temple. And there is the third temple that awaits us. In the prophet Yechezkel, that temple is discussed, not exactly, but so many parts are discussed in detail. 
And we have something called the Rambam. The Rambam's laws from the Mishnah Torah, from the Yad HaChazakah, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, at the very end of his magnum opus, his tremendous work, which yesterday we celebrated the completion of, the cycle of learning Rambam internationally, where Jews learn the same laws every single day and are unified through the study of Torah, something that the Rebbe introduced in 1984. And today we enter the first day of the 40th cycle, an amazing, amazing thing. And people who want to begin studying the Rambam today so that they will complete it, please God, by the 3rd of Tammuz next year. To please be in touch, and I'll be very happy to guide you to the one of many, many ways of studying a little bit of Torah every day, according to the Rambam, so that you will have completed the entire book in less than a year's time. But for today, we're going to take the very last section, which talks about the building of the temple, and study one mitzvah, one aspect of the building of the temple. <coughs> the Rambam tells us that it's a mitzvah, say a positive mitzvah, to build a temple for the Lord, one of the 613 mitzvahs, a place appointed for offering the korbanot, the sacrifices therein, and a place to which festival pilgrimages are made three times a year. And he quotes where it says in the Torah, and they shall make for me a sanctuary, the Osu Li Mikdosh. The Mishkan, which our teacher Moshe made, has been described in detail in the Torah, but it was only temporary. As it is stated, for you have not yet arrived. So we've started. And I encourage you all to either reach out to your rabbi. Each rabbi is going to be learning with his congregation. Or reach out to me. And I will do my best to guide you toward a daily study of Rambam. So we've studied something about the rebuilding of the temple. It is a positive mitzvah. We've mentioned that the new cycle of studying the Yad HaChazakah, the Rambam, as it were, has started today. And now let's look at the Parsha. The Parsha is called Pinchas. Pinchas, who was he? What did he do? And why is there a Parsha named for him? You might remember that at the very end of last week's Parsha, after the prophet Bilam, King Balak, had conspired to curse the Jewish people and failed, the prophet suggested something to King Balak to, God forbid, bring the people to their knees. Something indirect, an indirect way 
to bring difficulty upon them. And that was to allow their women, the Moabite women, the Midianite women, to intermingle with the Jewish men and to bring the lack of modesty, to bring the lack of holiness into the camp. Pinchas, as did others, Pinchas was a leader, saw what was going on. Everyone else wasn't sure what to do. What does Torah require? Pinchas acted. He actually killed Zimri, the head of the tribe of Shimon, Cosby, the Midianite princess, and a plague that had broken out suddenly stopped. That was last week's parsha. just a few passages. And this week, Pinchas is rewarded. This week, the entire parsha is called Pinchas. What was his reward? Pinchas became a Kohen. Well, if his father was a Kohen, why wasn't he a Kohen? And the answer is that when God bestowed the gift of kehuna of priesthood, on Aaron and his sons, it would also be for the children who would be born afterwards, but Pinchas was born before. But he earned it here. He earned it with an action that was extraordinary. And we need to understand what happened here. What can we learn from it? And is that sort of behavior something we can do actually now? These are things we need to examine because the most important thing is to bring Torah into our lives. For Torah, the name means guidance, to be our instruction for life. And life, chai, chayim, aliveness, joy, being full of energy, being full of purpose, is really what it's all about. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. We're living in times of uncertainty, times of confusion, times where we haven't navigated this type of journey before. It's different, and it's different for all of us. And nobody has to explain, because we're all in it. Whether we're hearing things from Australia, where they've gone into full-time lockdown once again for the next six weeks. We're hearing it from different places in the United States and South America, We're hearing it from the Holy Land of Israel, and we're hearing it from right here. What do we make of this? Obviously, Hashem is talking to us. And we need to examine who are we, what are we here for, what do we believe in? We have to ask ourselves, who am I? How far am I willing to go? 
for that in which I believe. Superficial life has kind of taken a back seat. And we're grateful for that. Because suddenly it's down to essentials. Who am I? What am I doing here? And what is the call of the hour? We know that for the Jew, thousands of years of glory and difficulty, and so many times when the call of the hour was just to survive. Nevertheless, even in those difficult times, there was always a sense of connection to Hashem, and there was a purpose in the difficulty in which we found ourselves. What is it about us that never changes? It is our soul. It is that our neshama is an actual part of God. We possess an essence that is bound to the infinite creator. And our essence refuses, no matter what's going on around us, to give up on its essential quality of who it is. Yes, there are times when I feel like my life is threatened. What happens if we feel that we're in danger? Well, we know. Either we fight or we run away, fight or flight. We have a body, we have a mind, we have a heart, we have a soul. And we need to be able to navigate situations with strength and with using rationale, but not forgetting about feelings and certainly not forgetting about our essential core. We are like a candle. You remember that story where Yehuda Avner was in at the Rebbe and he asked the Rebbe, what are you trying to accomplish? And the Rebbe pointed to a candle on the shelf and asked Yehuda Avner, what do you see? And Yehuda said he saw a candle and the Rebbe said, it's not a candle. It's a lump of wax with a string running through the middle. When does it become a candle? It becomes a candle when you bring a flame to the wick. We, God forbid, can become just that lump of wax with a string running through the middle and we're not shining. We're not doing our best. We're not growing. We're not giving. And so much of our giving has been predicated on our place in the world, not who I am, but what I do. And here is a chance to be who we really are. Society's pressures are easing or are gone. It's not about what I wear or where I'm seen. Everything is slowly, slowly diminishing and coming down to who am I and what am I doing here? What's happening and what can I do? 
Not what can I do to get back to the old norm. What can I do essentially for God to be a candle? And the Rebbe said, the wax is the body of the human being. The wick is the soul. But the flame is the fire of Torah. And Torah means guidance, direction. When Arneshama burns with the flame of Torah, that's when we become a candle. That's when we begin to live the purpose for which we have been created. And if we're alive, we have a purpose and we complete all of creation. And in the Parsha this week, Hashem rewards Pinchas. Because so many of the Jewish people look disapprovingly on Pinchas's act of killing. What motivated Pinchas, a quiet, good man, a tzaddik, to actually take a spear and kill two people? Pinchas's neshama was alive. It was burning. He saw the desecration of God's name. He saw people dying. He saw that nobody was doing anything. They seemed paralyzed. Why? Because we have a Torah. And we always look to the Torah to see what to do. And Torah cannot instruct us in a situation like this. But there is a teaching that if someone feels strongly enough, if someone feels that God's name is being desecrated, if somebody feels in the core of his being that God is being shamed in the world, that it's just not right, he's the only one who can override all of the rationale and it wasn't like he didn't consult first with Moshe. And what was he told? He was told, if you feel that way, you're the only one who can do this. It's not by rote. And it's not, let me look in the book. Okay, this is the instruction. Yiddishkeit is a combination. Yes, on a daily basis, we wake up and we have a structure. We thank God, we wash our hands, we give tzedakah, and we pray. We study Torah, and then we do mitzvahs. There is a structure to our day. And in a way, it's normal. Where, what is the position? What is the place of a miracle? A miracle in our day is when we have to stretch, when we have to break through. And all of us know that we have risen to the occasion, on occasion, where we put our feelings aside. Even though something doesn't make sense, we realize we better try it. We better just go with our feelings and so on. But that's not us. We're just people who live and are meant to live on a daily basis by the book. But sometimes something happens that requires something totally different. 
You see things so clearly. There's no question in your mind. If that's the case, then you need to act. Pinchas was considered a man of great miracles. In fact, when he killed the prince of the tribe of Shimon and the Midianite princess, our sages tell us six or twelve miracles happened to him at that time. And they're listed, and it's fascinating. But then there's a section in the Gemara that speaks about dreams. And it speaks about dreams that happen to different people, to animals, to plants, etc. And in that place it says that if you see Pinchas in a dream, then whoever sees Pinchas in a dream, Pele, a miracle will happen to him. But it goes on to speak about an elephant. If you see an elephant in a dream, wonder of wonders wonders will happen to you. And if you see many elephants, then incredible wonders will happen to you. And the question is, how are the elephants greater than Pinchas? Are they? And we have to understand that there are two types of miracles. One is that things change, but then they go back to normal. That's a ness, a miracle, a sign. But then there's something called pele. Something where you live differently. You see things differently. You're above what seems to be reality. While you're in this reality, you're connected to another reality. And that was Pinchas. Yes, there can be great changes. An elephant, many elephants, but then it goes back to the reality as we know it. But with Pinchas, Pinchas was a person who lived differently, who saw things differently. He was a man of Masiras Nefesh. Masiras Nefesh is self-sacrifice. The word Nefesh also translates as will or rotsoin. He gave over the natural will to live. And it was all about defending the honor of God. But it didn't change afterwards. That's how he lived. That was him. He was a man of the future. And that is why we're told that Pinchas is Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet, who will speak, who will herald the coming of Mashiach, that's Pinchas. Pinchas, in his humility, cares more about God's dignity than his own life. Pinchas is a learned man. He's a tzaddik. He's a mesiras nefesh yid. His entire being was so suffused with God consciousness the way it will be for all of us when Mashiach comes. And Hashem tells us in the prophet that as in the days when you left Egypt, will I in the future show you not miracles, but wonders. And Pinchas lived on that level. Pinchas 
was given the gift of priesthood for himself and his children after him because priesthood is also that same type of thing. On the one hand, it's normal. Pinchas was a man. Normal means if your father was a kohen, the son will be a kohen. So it's in the natural order of things. Nevertheless, a kohen is higher than the nation. A kohen has a holiness and a power that is different and higher than the nation. And those two things together came in Pinchas. On the one hand, he was a man, a tzaddik, lived according to Torah, but his inner soul burned so strongly and so brightly that his mesiras nefesh, it doesn't matter what will happen to me, it's what will happen to the name of God. I am here to serve my maker. I am here for a purpose. And when something comes my way and I have a chance to sanctify God's name, that is the greatest privilege. And in Parsha this week, Hashem verifies. Hashem says, absolutely, look, what Pinchas did was correct, and I will reward him with eternal priesthood. Pinchas was that candle. It burned brightly, and it saved the nation at that time incredibly. On the subject of dreams, I remember a story where a senior chassid, who had been very close to the previous Rebbe, previous Rebbe, whose birthday was last Shabbos and day of release from Soviet imprisonment, miraculous release, was last Sunday. A man of great love for his nation and great Mesiras Nefesh, a person who did not take notice, as it were, of the danger that he was putting himself in by organizing an international underground network to teach Jewish children and have kosher food and establish mikvahs for Jewish life throughout Russia. The previous Rebbe was a man of Ahavas Yisrael, Mesiras Nefesh. And in this week, I'm remembering a story about a senior chassid, an altar chassid, who was a devoted follower of the Free Rebbe. And then he came to see our Rebbe about a personal matter. And he told him that recently I had a dream in which your father-in-law challenged me to become involved in a certain charitable cause. So in the dream, I told your father-in-law that I already was involved in a similar one. And your father-in-law said to me in the dream, if that's the case, get involved on a small scale. And a bit sheepishly, this elder Chassid said to the Rebbe, normally I wouldn't take up your time with mere dreams. But our sages teach us that if a person has a very clear dream, they should take it to heart. 
And my dream was incredibly clear. Rebbe, what should I make of this? The Rebbe was very serious as he listened to this elder Chassid. And then he told him, in my opinion, it's a significant dream and you should fulfill it. And then smiling, he continued, but our sages do teach us that there's no such thing as a dream without pointless words. I believe, said the Rebbe, that the pointless words in your dream are, quote, on a small scale. Get involved in a big way, said the Rebbe. When it comes to good, we shouldn't be too calculating. When it comes to the opportunity to sanctify God's name, and we feel it, we must act. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. This is Meshi Lipsker, and I'm delighted to be with you on High FM. And indeed, to speak about the Parsha, but first about this. I'm Meshi Lipsker, and we're speaking about the times we're in. We're speaking about dreams. We're speaking about inspiration and inspired people. The question is, what is the goal? And how much are we willing to put in to reach the goal? And this is a time when we need to reset goals for ourselves, to refine ourselves, even in the limitations that we find ourselves in to become finer people, to become more connected to one another and to Hashem, to improve on a mitzvah. This is the time to grow. The distractions are few. The possibilities and opportunities to bring joy to others and to Hashem are rife, are many. When we have a goal, And we need a goal. And we keep our eye on the goal. As we're beginning to reach the goal, we will have doubts. We will have, you know, rational questions of, am I really going to do it? We become a bit negative. We'll never get there. What's going to happen to me? Keep your eye on the goal. To reach a goal, you have to break out. Don't be so rational. Open yourself up to Hashem, to the world of divine union between everything we see and Hashem himself. That exists beyond the realm of reason. And that's the Parsha this week. And when we have a Parsha like this, it empowers, not only inspires. The passion of Pinchas can be ours. We need to be structured. That is the Torah way. But there are unique times that call for unique behavior. Let's not be limited by rationale. There are even times when we shouldn't be limited by the letter of the law. We know that in our own personal lives when we're about to reach a goal 
And we have to quiet those voices of negativity, of opposition. That's not the time to become too menschlich in terms of our structure. Rather, break out of your limits. Be dedicated to your goal. How much are we willing to give for a goal? That tells us how important the goal is. But the goal right now is to reach Mashiach. The goal right now is for all of creation to be uplifted. Lifted out of this difficulty, but not just back to the way it was. We're reaching for the finish line. We're reaching for the life that Pinchas lived. A life of Pele, of wonder, to become our daily life where we see divinity when we look out of the window and we see a tree now we will see the word of God animating that tree so how do we get there well I'd like to share with you another story and that other story is something that has always intrigued me it's about Rabbi Zev Siegel Rabbi Zev Siegel a rabbi a well-respected activist, and he had a close relationship with the Rebbe. And I watched a clip, and the Rebbe would give him missions. He would give him things to do, and he was talking about it. And once, before he traveled abroad, the Rebbe asked him to undertake something confidential and very challenging. When he came back to the United States... He reported back to the Rebbe. Rebbe, he said, let me tell you, it was not an easy task at all. And the words of the Rebbe should blow our minds. Rabbi Siegel, the Rebbe, responded with a smile. Since when did you make a contract with the Almighty that your life would be easy? The life of a Jew is not an easy life. We were born to work hard, to break through from one level to the next. We were born to change the world. We have the power of choice. When Hashem puts us into a situation, it's because we have the wherewithal to deal with it in a godly, refined, holy way, in a passionate way, in a focused way. We need to understand we're living in extraordinary times. Remember that story of that prominent rabbi who visited the Rebbe? He was overwhelmed. He was juggling all of his commitments. It was too hard for him to handle. He felt he needed to cut back on some of them. And wearily he said to the Rebbe, Ich bin mid. I'm tired. And what did the Rebbe say? He said, I'm also tired. Is vos, he said. So what? You must continue the holy work of making souls, which was begun by our ancestors, Abraham and Sarah. So what if you're tired? We need to know that we have an Ishoma that is not tired. We need to know that we have an Ishoma which yearns to express itself in acts of kindness and goodness to help others. 
My husband and I were talking about the time we were privileged to travel to Russia. The world that unfolded before us was absolutely inspiring. Young people who never had the exposure to a yeshiva, friends who were like them. They really didn't have that much education, but their candle, their flame was burning. Remember a young man who came to meet us at the train station and we were absolutely gobsmacked to see what he looked like. It was such a dangerous time in Russia then for religion. This young man, he stood there in the open waving. He had a little beard. He was all of 17 years old. He ran to us. He hugged my husband. My husband was like afraid for him. And he wanted to carry my husband's suitcase. And my husband didn't want to let him. Do you know what he thought? I thought like you don't want to put it down on the ground and let me pick it up because you probably have holy books inside and you can't put that down on the ground. The fire of the neshama doesn't take that much to burst into flame. We need to understand that our times are unique. <clears throat> it's not, God forbid, a time of a war and danger, but it is a time of pressure, a time when the familiar has been replaced. We have to think, and it's not a bad thing. Our diaries have been cleared by Hashem. We make choices now. How to uplift someone else. How to comfort someone else. How to listen to someone else. So many people are lonely. So many people are frightened. So many people need a listening ear. That's something all of us can do. And if we're that person, then giving it to someone else is incredibly, incredibly nurturing for us and our neshama. What we want to do is to make our neshama alive. Bring it to the fore. Make the neshama ready for the incredible times that lie ahead. Fan it. A word of Torah. A mitzvah. The flame of Torah. A mitzvah, kindness, lighting a Shabbos candle, tefillin, and sharing those mitzvahs with others. A word of Torah, a coin in tzedakah, caring about someone else physically, spiritually, praying for someone, yes, but more than that, phoning them, uplifting them, speaking nicely to them especially someone who annoys you. We have an opportunity now, as never before, an opportunity. You can just phone someone. There's no reason, as it were, that you need, because we're all in the same storm. We may not all be in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. But our Nishom is intact. Our Nishom is alive. Our Nisham is a part of Hashem, mm-hmm. and it wants to serve Hashem. Mm-hmm. It wants to be connected to Hashem, mm-hmm. and these mitzvahs are connectors. Mm-hmm. The Torah is the flame. Mm-hmm. 
the mitzvahs bring us to life, connect us to the eternal one who loves us so much. We have it. All of it is there. And we're in a wonderful community. If we reach out to someone in need or we put our hands out, there will be an answer, a response from our fellow man and please God from God himself. So the story is that Pinchas, if you see him in a dream, something pele will happen to you. What does that mean? If we dream like Pinchas dreamed, if we act like Pinchas acted, what will the result be? As in the days when we left Egypt, will I show you wonders? Not just miracles, but absolute wonders. This is the promise. This is what the three weeks inspires us to know. That the times of Mashiach are near. And it's up to us to choose. Rambam says, we must always look at the entire world as if it is in perfect balance. And one good deed can tip the scale for all of creation. I may be small, but through a mitzvah I am powerful. I may be small, but when I connect myself to the infinite creator, my infinite soul begins to shine. And I change my reality and the reality of all of creation. Candle lighting 515. Have a good Shabbos. A Pinchastika Shabbos. A Shabbos of going beyond. Good Shabbos.